So good morning everybody, good morning and welcome to Essex Church and to this our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians on this wild and windy Sunday morning. Congratulations to all of you who have braved the weather to get here this morning. And to anyone who is listening to this service at home on a podcast sometime in the future, connecting with our community from both near and far, we want you to know how sensible you were to stay in bed. <laughs> and, and bravery and good sense will appear again in this service as we consider our service title of Proudly Heretical. We'll be hearing of those who dared to stand against the mainstream of their day, of those who fought for many forms of freedom, and those who had the good sense to understand that freedom needs to be for everybody if it is to be for anybody. So each, each month here at Essex Church, our work and worship follows a particularly, uh, particular ministry theme. And in this month of February, our theme is rebellion, resistance and dissent. It's a great theme, I reckon. And I wonder what images and feelings and memories it sparks in you. Rebellion, resistance, dissent. And do let us know your thoughts because we might be able to include some of that in our future services. But why don't we start by just settling ourselves into the here and now. Laying to one side any struggles that we had to get here. Putting to one side for a while perhaps what we're facing later on. Let's rest in the knowledge of our being here together. Perhaps taking a conscious breath. And as we breathe out, releasing, releasing some of the tensions or troubles that we might be carrying. Let's gently lay down any life burdens that we feel oppressed by right now. And let's trust that by spending some time together today in song and silence, in reflection and good company, we'll leave here with new perspectives to bring to our lives. So many weeks um, when we light this chalice, uh, we explain that it is a worldwide symbol of our Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist congregations and that similar chalices will be lit today in places as far, as far afield as India, the Philippines, Uganda, Canada, the United States, Transylvania in Romania and Hungary, as well as here in the United Kingdom. And today I've lit this chalice flame in recognition of the bravery of those who have gone before us, who were prepared to fight tyranny and oppression in order to win the right to worship freely and in accord of their own conscience. And because they were prepared to make a stand for the cause of freedom, we have this free church today, where each of us can make up our own minds about our faith. So this chalice is lit in gratitude for freedoms that we may sometimes take for granted. And there is 
um, a responsive reading on this green sheet. Um, it, there's a lot about choice, about freedom of choice in this service. So you get to choose if you say the line in bold or the, the, the lines in ordinary print or to not say anything at all if you would rather. But these are written uh, by Unitarian minister, Reverend Cliff Reed. It's about a true religion. So join in if you wish. If a religion is true, it sets you free to be your true self. It nurtures loving kindness in your heart. It humbles you before the ultimate and your neighbor. If a religion is true, it challenges your conscience and opens your mind. It makes you responsible for yourself and your world. It stirs you to seek the liberty and well-being of others. If a religion is true, it deepens your awareness and nourishes your spirit. It brings you comfort in grief and trial. It connects you to other people and to the life of the universe. If a religion is true, it will care less for dogma and doctrine than it will for love. It will care less for rules and customs than it will for compassion. It will care less for the gods we make than for the people we are. May ours be a true religion. And let's take all those sentiments into a time of prayer and reflection. Let's ready ourselves for this quiet time. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here today. That we are free to worship as we do here today is because of the struggles fought by generations that have gone before us. Our free church exists because some people refuse to be bound by the beliefs and conventions of their day. They risked their livelihoods and even their lives because they would not conform they stood out against the crowd. They spoke their truth. So let us in a quiet moment now think with gratitude of those who won the freedoms we now enjoy. And as we consider the world in which we live, we are so aware of the many places where people are not free. In Uganda, it is dangerous to admit that you love someone of the same gender as yourself. In China, people are arrested and held without trial for speaking out about environmental degradation. In Myanmar, it is illegal to hold peaceful protests against the military rulers. In Eritrea, there is no press freedom 
and currently 23 journalists are in prison without trial. In Iran, people of faith such as the Baha'is and Zoroastrians are facing increasing levels of persecution. And in Afghanistan, teachers are killed for offering an education to young women. And here in Britain, we continue the forcible repatriation of failed asylum seekers, even when they fear for their lives returning to their countries of origin. In a quiet moment, we can think of all the other places where people are not free. And in our own lives, in our own lives, we'll be aware of the freedoms we enjoy, but also aware of the limitations that we have to deal with. So when we give thanks for our freedoms, let us also seek strength and acceptance in dealing with our own lives' limitations. And oh, may we use the gift of this, our free church, here at Essex Church, to help spread freedom throughout our world. And may we do this for the greater good of all, always. Amen. There are, there are a few problems with this story. Um, it's, it comes all the way to, to us from ancient Rome and possibly earlier. It's known as one of Aesop's fables, stories with a moral at their end, telling us something of what it is to be human. Uh, the first problem with this story is that many of you will have heard it many times before. So if that is you, then I'm asking you to do some extra work, which is every time the foolish characters in this story are affected by the crowd, I suggest you see it as a, a time to remember any times in your own lives when you too were affected by the opinions or beliefs of others or times when you managed not to be swayed, when you found the bravery to stick to what felt right for you. Um, another problem with this story is that it traditionally ends with a dead donkey, but as our whole service today is a celebration of freedom and breaking with tradition, and the donkey will live a long and happy life, <laughs> doing whatever it pleases. So. You may know the tale of a miller and his son who were taking their donkey to market in the hope of selling it. The miller walked on one side of the beast and uh, his son on the other. And as, as they walked along, they came upon a group of young people who were laughing and joking. Well, just look at that stupid pair there. How ridiculous. They have a perfectly good donkey, but neither of them is riding on it. Well, the miller heard this comment, told his son to get up on the donkey and take a ride. So they travelled like this for another mile or so until they met with some of the miller's friends. Mm, you'll spoil that lad, they said. Letting him ride while you walk? No, let, his, let him stretch his young legs. Why don't you get on the donkey and rest your weary bones? So the miller took his son's place on the donkey's back and on they went. 
And then when they approached the village, a group of women spotted them. Well, just look at that selfish old man riding on the donkey with the young lad, poor boy. He's got to walk. And the miller was so ashamed of himself that he told his son to get on the donkey with him. So then they were both riding along the road when they met some men who asked, is that your donkey? Or, or have you hired it? Well, it's my donkey, said the miller. We're taking him to market to see if we can sell him. Well, you'd better stop riding him then, said one of the men, because by the time you get him there, he'll look so weak and exhausted carrying both of you that no one will want to buy him. You really ought to be carrying the donkey. <laughs> okay, anything to please you, said the miller. So father and son dismounted, tied the donkey's legs together. This is where it gets horrible, I think, for the donkey suspended him from a pole held on their shoulders and they were a very strange sight when they arrived in the market town and scores of people came out to see them they were all laughing at them calling them idiots we've never seen anyone carrying a donkey before come and look at this crazy scene and there was such a commotion in the streets that the donkey panicked and broke loose from his fetters just as the party was crossing the river. In his distress, the donkey fell into the water, but managed to escape to the other side. And so the miller and his son made their way back home, reflecting that in trying to please everybody and follow the crowd, they had pleased nobody, and they had lost their valuable donkey into the bargain. And that is Aesop's fable. This is only a short reading, but it certainly contains an important message for us all. That oppression robs both the oppressed and the oppressor of their humanity. Uh, the reading comes from Nelson Mandela's autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom. It was during those long and lonely years that my hunger for the freedom of my own people became a hunger for the freedom of all people. The oppressor must be liberated just as surely as the oppressed. One who takes away another's freedom is a prisoner of hatred, locked behind the bars of prejudice and narrow-mindedness. I am not truly free if I am taking away someone else's freedom, just as surely as I am not free when my freedom is taken from me. The oppressed and the oppressor alike are robbed of their humanity. The truth is, we are not yet free. We have merely achieved the freedom to be free, the right not to be oppressed. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. That is the true test of our devotion to freedom. With freedom comes responsibilities. With freedom comes responsibilities. We're going to listen now to a beautiful piece of music, Peter Maxwell Davis's Farewell to Stromness. His music seems to express the mixed feelings of those who must leave their homelands. 
as we listen, we might remember all those who leave their homes to follow their faith freely, to seek economic security, and to express their true identities.
So I hope that you realise that by sitting here in this Unitarian community this morning, or by listening into this service as a podcast, you will be considered a heretic by some people in this strange world of ours. The, the word heresy, it comes from a Greek word that means to choose. And in Roman times, the word was used to describe um, a philosophical group or sect. And eventually it was used to describe those who deviated from the mainstream, from the dogmas of the established religion of the time. So it's a description that I wear with pride because I'd like to have more people in this world thinking for themselves rather than following the crowd unthinkingly. But heresy and heretics have had a tough history the world over, haven't they? And their individual histories, their individual stories, make for moving accounts of individuals coming up against the power of the state. There are two cases here in Britain that I think are really worth us remembering. One of them is that of um, the Edinburgh student, Thomas Aikenhead. Um, he was hanged in 1697 for blasphemy. He was the last person in this country to be executed for this crime. He was only 20 years old. And he was exploring his own beliefs, as I suspect most of us were doing at that time, at that age, including one of his ideas that, that well, maybe God doesn't exist. And for that, he lost his life. The, the last person to be burnt at the stake in this country as a heretic was Edward Whiteman in 1612 in Litchfield. Um, Edward Whiteman was a radical Anabaptist who spoke against the Trinity, the Christian creed of one God, hell um, expressed by three elements of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Whiteman held the view as well that Jesus was a man, a human being, rather than God. Now these are views that eventually became foundation stones of Unitarianism, of which this congregation of ours is part. And of course it's worth remembering that Unitarian worship was not made legal until 1823, not so long ago. People didn't lose their lives for, for specifically named Unitarian beliefs here in Britain, but, but like other non-conformists, they were unable to attend universities and people lost their jobs for such beliefs. And what I find most disturbing to remember is that in a number of countries to this day, heresy is a crime punishable by death. We have an awful long way to go in establishing freedom of thought and freedom of belief in this world, don't we? And in a very, very minor way, we Unitarians are still excluded for our faith today. We're not allowed to join the national ecumenical group of churches together in Britain and Ireland, which ironically, we were one of the groups that helped set it up in the first place, and then they changed the rules. Um, and membership of that group 
is, is still required for some chaplaincy role, roles in this country. So it actually still stops people from getting jobs. And that does hurt some people. So I'm really pleased to know that in some parts of this country, local groupings of churches together in Britain and Ireland, they break the rules and they invite the Unitarians to join their meetings and activities anyway. So heresy lives on everybody. Um, I want to mention three requirements that I think must accompany us if we want to be proudly heretical. I think we need to be really, really grateful for our freedoms and just never take them for granted. And I think that's really what our service today is all about. I think we need to be passionate about continuing to help secure freedoms for other people rather than just turning away from the realities of other people's oppression. And, and we need to be thoughtful about our use of this word, freedom, because freedom has to go along with responsibility, as Nelson Mandela reminded us in that reading we heard earlier on in, in, from his autobiography, The Long Walk to Freedom. Some freedoms are not okay. It's not okay if our freedom to say whatever we want, for example, oppresses other people and causes trouble for other people. And, and this is not at all straightforward in, in the complex and remarkably diverse societies that we live in today. So we need to be encouraging open dialogue, really careful listening, and, and the ability to express ourselves and our feelings as, as truthfully as, as we feel able, and we need a sense of safety in order to do that. Back, back in the 17th and 18th centuries, nonconformists fought for the right to hold their own beliefs here in Britain, to break away from the restrictions of the established church. Some people were, were either forced to leave this country because of their beliefs not being accepted, or they chose to leave and to step out bravely into new lands. This year is going to be seeing celebrations for the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower that took pilgrims to the Americas. And I hope that amongst all the other um, interesting um, information about the sailing of the Mayflower and other ships, I hope that they'll also bring to mind the realities of many people in the world here today who still feel that they must leave their homelands and seek freedoms in other places, freedom to be who they know themselves to be, economic freedom and freedom of belief. And the bits of our Unitarian faith that I'm proud of, well, I am proud of the fact that we have women ministers. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I support uh, women in other religious organisations who would like to take leadership positions and currently cannot. I'm proud that uh, back in the 70s, um, our ministers were blessing same-sex relationships and were receiving hate mail for doing that. I'm proud that we were an active part of the campaign, along with the Quakers and the liberal Jewish community, for equal marriage here in Britain. 
I'm proud that our Kensington Unitarian congregation is, is still the only building here in the borough of Kensington and Chelsea registered for same-sex equal marriage ceremonies. And after today's service, we're inviting people to join us for our inclusive communion down in the library. This is a quarterly small group communion that can be led by anybody who wants to get actively involved. Nothing in our congregation is limited to just the minister. Um, we call this the priesthood of all believers. It's got a long history, but that is a very important aspect of our faith for me. And we are still the only religious grouping here in Britain that have nationally voted in support of assisted dying legislation. I have some Anglican colleagues who support such a move and are really um, jealous of our ability to make such a decision as a religious organisation. At the end of our service, we're going to be hearing one of the great African-American spiritual songs of yearning for freedom. Go down, Moses, and let my people go. Let's all hold such yearnings in our hearts, yearnings for all people of the world to be free, and holding that freedom in sacred responsibility, knowing that if one person on this world is still enslaved or oppressed, then none of us is truly free. Amen. And so, let us live with gratitude in our hearts for freedoms we may oft take for granted. Let us live with awareness that freedom must rest alongside responsibility. And let us dedicate ourselves once more to the sacred task of bringing more freedom and more love to this beautiful and aching world of ours. And so may it be. Amen. Go well and blessed be.